So here different proofs of resurrection are being given. That have you seen the crop that grows? What role do you play? All you do is that you just sow the seed. And the rest, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes the plant grow. What's the proof of that? Because whenever Allah wants, He can cause the plant to die. And then once the plant is dead, once the crop is dead, you can do nothing to revive it. This is not a convincing enough proof for you? You need some more convincing? Okay. أَفَرَأَيْتُمْ Then have you seen, have you considered الْمَا The water الَّذِي تَشْرَبُونَ That which you drink. The water that you drink. And you don't even think about it. Where does it come from? Who made it? أَأَنْتُمْ Did you? أَنْزَلْتُمُوهُ you bring it down. Did you bring it down? Min al-muzni. From the rain clouds. Am nahnul munzilun. Or is it we who cause it to come down? Who bring it down? Who brings it down from the rain clouds? The word al-muzn is the plural of muzna. Muzna. It's also a name. People give it to girls. Muzna. And muzna is used for a rain cloud. A white Cloud that is beautiful to look at. Habbul muzn, hab, seed of the muzn, meaning hail. Ibnul muzna is used for the moon when it appears through the clouds, meaning the clouds are surrounding it and then you see the moon in the middle. So muzn, rain clouds. Allah says that who brings the rain down from these rain clouds? Do you do that? Can you do that? No. You can keep looking at the clouds, wondering if rain will fall or not. You have no control over it. I mean, recently, how many times it happened that it became cloudy, clouds came and went, and no rain fell, or very little rain fell. And then finally, we had rainstorms. Right? But how often it happens that clouds are there above you. You have no control. You cannot say, okay, rain should fall now, because it's really hot. Or my grass really needs that water. You have no control over it. Allah brings it down. In Surah Hijr, Ayah 22, Allah says, وَأَرْسَلْنَا الْرِيَاحَ لَوَاقِحَ فَأَنزَلْنَا مِنَ السَّمَاءِ مَاءً فَأَسْقَيْنَاكُمُوهُ وَمَا أَنْتُمْ لَهُ بِخَازِنِينَ We make you drink this water. You have no control over it. When Allah asks, أَمْ نَحْنُ الْمُنزِلُونَ What's the answer? Yes. بَلْ أَنْتَ يَا رَبَّنَا It is you, O our Lord, who does this. لَوْ نَشَاءُ If we willed, جَعَلْنَاهُ أُجَاجَ We could have made it into أُجَاج. أُجَاج, bitter, salty water. We have done this word earlier. Sea water especially is described as أُجَاج. Because it's so salty, even if you tried to drink it, you couldn't drink it. It's so salty. So if we want it, we could have caused salty water to rain on you. Because if you think about it, most of the water that is evaporated daily is from where? From the seas, from the oceans. And the water in the oceans and seas is salty or sweet? It's salty. Imagine if water was evaporated like that, salty, and it fell down on us in the same way, salty. What would happen to our houses? What would happen to our crops? What would happen to us? What would happen? لَوْ نَشَاءُ جَعَلْنَاهُ أُجَاجَ And yes, there are times when because of extreme pollution, there is acid rain. And what devastation that causes. 
سو لو نشا اجالنا اجاجا فلولا تشکرون سو وائی آر یو ناٹ گریٹ فل وائی ڈونٹ یو آفر تھینکس ٹو اللہ ون رین فالس یو گیٹ اپ سیٹ دیٹ یور پکنک گاٹ روئنڈ اور یو گاٹ اے لٹل ویٹ یو گیٹ ایریٹیٹڈ اینڈ اینگری اینڈ یو کال رین بیڈ ون دس از ان فیکٹ اے بلسنگ فرام اللہ لولا تشکرون وائی آر یو ناٹ گریٹ فل دیٹ دا واٹر دیٹ فالس آن یو از پیور اینڈ کلین وائی ڈو یو ناٹ سی الحمد للہ اینڈ یو سی ویئر دا اسٹارٹ فرام دا واٹر وچ یو ڈرنک دا واٹر دیٹ از سویٹ ایزی ٹو ڈرنک سویٹ ناٹ نیسرلی لائک شوگر سویٹ سویٹ ایز ان ناٹ سالٹی سو اٹس ایزی ٹو ڈرنک افارا ایٹم still not convinced you need more signs more convincing afara'aytum then have you seen annara the fire allati turun that which you ignite turun wa raya ira is used for lighting fire starting a fire have you ever seen the fire that you kindle that you ignite antum is it you who ansha'tum you produce shajarataha its tree Am نَحْنُ الْمُنْشِئُونَ Or are we the producer? Do you produce its tree or have we produced it? What's the answer? بَلْ أَنْتَ يَا رَبَّنَا Fire from tree? Yes. Because we're used to igniting fire. We don't even light fire actually. But those who do, we're used to doing it with what? With gas or something. Right? But originally, what is it that people light fire with? Or what is it that they did it with? With wood. And you can actually try to do it also. You take pieces of wood and you rub them in a certain way. right? You strike them in a certain way and you continue to do that until it becomes really hot until finally it turns into fire. So the Arabs, they would use particular trees for lighting fire. The marg, the ifar. They used to use these particular trees to light fire. The branches of these trees were perfect for it. In Surah Yasin ayah 80 also it is mentioned, أَلَّذِي جَعَلَ لَكُمْ مِنَ الشَّجَرِ الْأَخْضَرِ نَارًا فَإِذَا أَنْتُمْ مِنْهُ تُقِدُونَ So, أَأَنْتُمْ أَنْشَأْتُمْ شَجَرَتَهَا Did you make these trees? Did you make them grow? Who made them grow? Who produced them? Allah did. نَحْنُ جَعَلْنَاهَا We have made it. Meaning the fire. We have made this fire تَذْكِرَةً A reminder. This fire is a reminder for you. A reminder of what? Of hellfire. The fire of this world is just a reminder. Which means that the fire of hell is far greater. Far more hot compared to the fire of this world. It is more fierce compared to the fire of this world. Any fire in this world, whether it's in your kitchen, or a campfire, or a wildfire, whatever that fire is, it is a reminder of hell. That when your hand burns, or when you stand in front of the oven, and when you see things charred and burnt, this should remind us of hell. وَمَتَاعًا لِلْمُقْوِينَ This fire is also a mata' a provision. For who? للمقوين For the travelers. مقوين is a plural of مقوين. مقوين from قاف واو يا قوا. قوا is used for empty, desolate, deserted place. Alright? And basically wilderness. 
So no people live there. There is no water, no vegetation, no electricity, no 3G, nothing. This is Qawa. Alright? Complete wilderness. So muqween are who? Travelers. Because when a person is traveling, then he goes through places that are completely deserted, meaning no people live there. So we have made it as a mata for the muqween. For the muqween. Meaning something that they benefit from. They can light up the fire and they can use it for the purpose of light or to warm themselves with, to prepare their food, to chase away dangerous animals. So many benefits for the travelers. So where did this come from? Who made it? Did you make it? No, you didn't. Who did it? It is Allah who did it. So, فَسَبِّحْ So glorify. بِسْمِ رَبِّكْ With name of your Lord. Al-Azim, The Most Great. Do tasbih of your Lord. Say subhanallah. This is what the ayah is telling us. So won't you say subhanallah? Subhanallah. Subhanallah wa bihamdihi. Subhanallah al-azim. Allah has given you all of these blessings. Will you not thank Him? How will you thank Him? By glorifying Him. Because gratitude is with the heart also. With the tongue also. So express that gratitude. فَلَا أُقْسِمُوا فَلَا أُقْسِمُوا So no. أُقْسِمُوا I swear. لَا over here is not negating the qasm. It doesn't mean I don't swear an oath. No. لَا is negating anything that's going on in the mind of the listener. Right? Of denial, of rejection, of doubt. So la, stop it. Uqsimu. I swear. I take an oath. Bimawaqi'in nujum. By the mawaqir of the stars. Mawaqir, plural of the word mawqir. Mawqir, place of waqa'a. Waqa'a. What does waqa'a mean? To fall. So mawqir is the place or time where something falls. So the place or time of the falling off, an-nujum of the stars, meaning the rising and the setting of the stars. Meaning, before dawn and the time of maghrib, or the east and the west. فَلَا أُقْسِمُ بِمَوَاقِعِ النُّجُومِ وَإِنَّهُ And indeed it, لَقَسَمٌ Surely an oath, لَوْ تَعْلَمُونَ If you only knew, it is عظيم, it is great. This is a very powerful oath. This is a very serious oath, a very great oath. Because who's taking it? Who's taking it? Allah. This is something very serious. So pay attention, O you people. And what is it that our attention is being drawn to? Innahu, indeed it, meaning what is being recited to you. It is la Quranun Karim. It is surely a noble Quran. It is a Quran, a recitation that is Karim. Karim, remember the meaning of Karim we learned earlier. La baridin wa la Karim. What does Karim mean? Beneficial. Right? So this Quran is Karim. It is beneficial. It is kareem, it is honorable, it is respectable, it is held in esteem, kathirun nafr. Its benefits are endless, a lot. Basically the word kareem is used for something that is praiseworthy, that is of good quality, so it deserves praise. And this is why we see that kareem is also used to describe Allah. Allahu kareem. Allah is kareem. 
The angels also, they are called kiraman. Kiraman, katibin. Kiraman is a plural of kareem. Quran is called kareem. The messenger. Innahu laqawlu rasulin kareem. Rasul is described as kareem. Right? So, Quran is kareem. What does it mean? It's praiseworthy. It's very important. It deserves your attention. Oh, you listeners. Why? How is it kareem? Because it is Allah's speech. It is Allah's word. It is the guidance that He has sent for mankind to bring them out of darkness. And Quran is kareem. It's very beneficial. How is it beneficial? Its recitation itself is a means of reward. Its recitation is shifa. It's a healing. Right? It's recitation, it's reading, it's understanding is a means of transformation. It transforms hearts. It changes people. Completely changes people. And I'm telling you, I've seen this. That how people are not affected by anything. Anything. But when the Qur'an comes in their life, they become a completely different person. What changed them? It's the Qur'an. Qur'an is kareem. It's very beneficial. Its guidance, its benefits are endless. So, oh people, pay attention. This is innahu la Quranun kareem. And see how this is being said? Fala uqsimu bimawaqi'in nujum. No, stop what you're doing. Stop all your doubts. Uqsimu bimawaqi'in nujum. I take an oath by the setting of the stars. Wa innahu la qasamun law ta'lamun azim. And if you had any knowledge, this is actually a very great, a very major oath because Allah is the one who's taking it. So are you attentive now? When you're attentive, then you should know that innahu la Quranun kareem. This Quran is noble. It is beneficial. Fi kitabin maknoon. It is very important. It is fi kitabin. It is in a book. Which book? Maknoon. That is well preserved, well protected. We have done this word earlier also, maknoon. So, kitab and maknoon, what does it mean? That the Qur'an is written in the book which is well protected. What is that well protected book? It is lawhul mahfuz. It's called lawhul mahfuz. Mahfuz as in guarded, protected. No shaytan can reach there. So it is fi kitab and maknoon. The Qur'an is written in the lawhul mahfuz. In Surah Abasa 13 to 16, Allah says, فِي صُحُفٍ مُكَرَّمَ مَرْفُوعَةٍ مُطَهَّرَةٍ بِأَيْدِي سَفَرَةٍ كِرَامٍ بَرَرَةٍ لَا يَمَسُّهُ It is so kareem, this Qur'an is so noble, that لَا يَمَسُّهُ None can touch it. Meaning the Qur'an that is written in Lawhul Mahfuz, none can touch it. إِلَّا الْمُطَهَّرُونَ Except the completely purified ones. And who are the mutahharun? It is the angels. You see mutahhar. The singular of this word is mutahhar. Mutahhar is one who is completely purified. Human beings can never be mutahhar. We cannot be mutahhar. Why? Because even when we clean ourselves, physically, we may be very dirty in our hearts. Possible, right? We may be externally very clean, but right behind that skin is what? Filth. You understand? We can clean ourselves, but within a few moments, we can become dirty again. Isn't it? 
we can be mutatahir. Allah loves the mutatahir. Right? In Allah yuhibbu tawabina wa yuhibbul mutatahirin. Mutatahir is one who tries to purify himself. Like he performs wudu, he washes up. Right? But mutahhar is one who is completely purified. And who is that? It's the angels. Right? Because the angels, they don't disobey Allah. They don't commit any sin. They don't eat and drink. They don't need to use the bathroom. They don't have all these issues that we have. So, لَا يَمَسُّهُ إِلَّا الْمُطَهَّرُونَ This Qur'an is so honorable, so noble. It is recorded in the لَوْحُ Mahfuz. And that, no one can touch it except the angels. Human beings cannot go there. Some say that this verse is talking about the Mus'haf, that is with us, that is with people, that people write. And so they use this ayah to say that only a person who has wudu can touch the Qur'an. But this ayah is not talking about us. This ayah is talking about who? The angels. And it's talking about the kitab maknoon, meaning the lawhul mahfuz. Right? But learning from this, learning from this, we can say that yes, it is better to touch the mushaf in a state of purity. However, if a person is not in a state of ritual purity, and their hand is clean, it doesn't have any impurity on it, there is nothing wrong in touching the mushaf. Because when Aisha anha said that she was in a state of menstruation, the Prophet said, it's not in your hand. It's not in your hand. Your hand is clean. Once Abu Hurairah was in a state of janaba, right? The state which requires ghusl. And the Prophet saw him somewhere and he sat and Abu Hurairah disappeared. And after a few moments he came back and he was all wet. So the Prophet understood that he had just taken a bath. This is in Bukhari. And he said, what happened? He said that I had to take a bath. And the Prophet said that a Muslim is always tahir. The body of a Muslim is clean. It is clean. Yes, in order to pray, you need wudu. For tawaf, yes, you need wudu. But this ayah is talking about not human beings, rather the angels. But yes, from this we learn the etiquette. If the Qur'an is so noble, it is so precious, it is so important, then yes, we must touch it with what kind of hands? Clean hands, of course. And it would be better if we are in a state of wudu. But a person is not prohibited from touching the mushaf if they don't have wudu. So anyway, لا يمسه إلا المطهرون. What is this book? It is تنزيل من رب العالمين. It is a revelation from the Lord of the worlds. Think, تنزيل من رب العالمين. Revelation from who? From the Lord of the worlds. The Lord, the Creator, the Owner, the Master of everything that exists. Isn't this enough for us to show respect to the Qur'an? Because it is the message from who? From Allah Rabbul Alameen. Think about it. If there is you know, an invitation that somebody sends us, Somebody, and that somebody happens to be the mayor of the city that you live in, how we will show off that invitation? We might frame it. Right? 
We just want to make sure that everybody knows that, yeah, we got an invitation that addressed us from the mayor of our city. The mayor. Not even the prime minister of the country or the president. The mayor of our city. We're so impressed by these things. We give them so much importance. The Qur'an has been revealed. It is the word of the Lord of the worlds. Give some respect to this Qur'an. Treat it with respect. Don't you realize what's in your hands? تَنزِيلٌ مِّن رَبِّ الْعَالَمِينَ أَفَبِهَذَا الْحَدِيثِ أَنْتُمْ مُدْهِنُونَ Ah, what? فَبِهَذَا الْحَدِيثِ Then with this speech, this statement, this discourse, meaning this Qur'an, which is the speech of Allah, you are to this أَنْتُمْ مُدْهِنُونَ you are mudhinun towards it? Towards this Qur'an? Mudhinun? This is your state? Mudhinun is a plural of mudhin. And who is mudhin? Mudhin is someone who is indifferent towards something. Takes it very lightly. Basically it's from duhun. Duhun is oil. Tumbi tubid duhni. Duhun is oil. Alright? And mudhin is someone who puts oil on something. Greases it oil or butter or the likes of it, they put it on something, greasing it. And when something has been greased, then can you hold it firmly? Can you? No. What will happen? It'll slip from your hands. It'll fall from your hands. Right? So this is why the word mudhin is used for someone who takes something lightly, doesn't give much importance to it, doesn't treat it with respect, the respect that it's worthy of. Mudhin is used for someone who is hypocritical regarding something. Meaning he says something and does something else. Like for example, if a person says to their child, you know, the child is saying, I really want to go here. And the father says, yes, yes, I'll take you. Whatever. Some people do that. Yes, yes, I'll give it to you. Later, later, we'll do it later. And when is that later? Never. He's lying to his own child. Why? Because he doesn't take his child seriously. Right? Or he doesn't take his words seriously. He's being a mudhin. You understand what's happening? This is mudhin. Allah says, أَفَبِهَادَ الْحَدِيثِ أَنْتُمْ مُدْهِنُونَ This speech, you don't give it the due respect and the honor that it deserves from you. You belittle it. You take it lightly. You don't give it much respect. This Qur'an is kareem. So important. It is in Kitabim maknoon. So important that لا يمسوه إلا المطهرون. So important that it is تنزيل من رب العالمين. What should our attitude be with the Quran? What does Allah say? خذي الكتابة بقوة. Correct. So if we don't hold it firmly, if we don't bring it in our lives, then we are also being mudhinun. If we read it. And then we cry about it, and we talk about it, and we preach about it, but we don't bring it in our actions. This is also mudhin. أَفَبِهَادَ الْحَدِيثِ أَنْتُمْ مُدْهِنُونَ وَتَجْعَلُونَ رِزْقَكُمْ And you make your rizq, your provision. Meaning the provision that Allah has given you, you make the shukr for it. Shukr is not written in the ayah, it's not part of the ayah, but it's implied. That you make the gratitude for your provision, meaning the provision that Allah has given you, how is it that you show that gratitude? أَنَّكُمْ تُكَذِّبُونَ That you deny. 
You deny Allah and you deny His book. You deny His law. Is this the thanks that you offer for everything He has given you? When He gives you material things, you take them happily. And what's the shukr? What's your response? What's your answer to Allah? To kathibun. You deny the book that He has given you. You don't believe in it. Is this the thanks that you have to offer? Is this how you should respond to Allah? فَبِأَيِّ آلَاءِ رَبِّكُمَا تُكَذِّبَانِ You have so many blessings that Allah has given you. Which blessing can you deny? So many blessings are listed over here in the previous verses. What did you make for yourselves? Who gave this to you? Allah gave you. And what are you doing in response? You are mistreating His book. The book that He loves. The book that He sent you. You see, there are two things. One is the creation that Allah has created. Alalahu al-khalqu wal-amru. Right? One is the creation that Allah has created. And second is the amr, the command that He has given. The creation that He has created, us. The things that He has given us to use, to enjoy. The air that we breathe, the food that we eat, the beautiful things that we look at, the sounds that we enjoy, the people that we live with. Right? Physical blessings that Allah has given us. Alright? Second is the amr, the commands that Allah has given us. To pray. To give in charity. And all the commands that Allah has given in the Qur'an. For women to wear the hijab, for example. Lower the gaze, etc., etc. Right? All these commands Allah has given. Remember that the command, the law, is more beloved to Allah than the khalq. Remember this rule. The command that Allah has given to people to follow, Allah likes them. Allah loves those commands. Which is why when a person follows those commands, then what happens? He becomes a muqarrab to Allah. You understand? And remember that hadith Qudsi? That how does a person draw near Allah? When he follows those commands which Allah has obligated him with. And then when he performs voluntary good deeds, then he draws even closer to Allah. Correct? Now, the things that Allah has given us, the food that we eat, remember there is the halal in it and the haram in it. So what does it mean? The things, the tangible blessings, they're not all beloved to Allah. In fact, they don't have any worth near Allah. Because this entire world is not even worth a mosquito's wing before Allah. But what do we think? We think, if I've got the money, if I've got the looks, if I've got the beauty, if I've got world, if I've got worldly blessings, God must love me. And oh Allah, thank you so much. Thank you so much for this and for that, right? However, who is it that Allah truly loves? The one who has taken the Qur'an. Because Allah, Ar-Rahman, Allama Al-Qur'an. The first blessing that Allah mentions is which one? Which one? The blessing of Qur'an. Ta'aleem of Qur'an. Khayrukum man ta'allam al-Qur'an wa'allamahu. Not the one who has accumulated a lot of wealth and knows the best makeup and knows the best fashion. No. It's the one who has learned the Qur'an and the one who teaches it. Correct? So we think, if I have money, God must love me. 
Whereas the reality is quite different. Who is it that is beloved to Allah? Who is it that is beloved to Allah? The one who follows His commands. Right? Now the reason why I'm going into this discussion is because when it comes to tangible blessings, worldly blessings, we feel very happy. And we will thank Allah for them. But when it comes to religious blessings, when it comes to the blessing of Qur'an, then what is our reaction? Do we accept it happily? Or do we have some kind of hesitation or discomfort in our hearts? If we get $5,000, we just go outside and the money is falling on us. Gold is falling on us like it fell on Ayyub salam. Would we take it happily? Who would collect it happily? I think every one of us would. Right? But when Allah is giving the Qur'an, ayah after ayah, then how do we take it? Knowing that Qur'an is more precious near Allah than gold. An ayah of the Qur'an is more valuable near Allah than silver. If a person were to go in a marketplace and return with a camel that is huge, that is pregnant of the highest breed, and a person could sell it and make a lot of money. The Prophet ﷺ said, you go to the masjid and learn one ayah of the Qur'an, that is better. The reality is that we don't value the Qur'an the way we should value it. We're not greedy for it the way we should be greedy for it. We don't desire it the way we should desire it. We desire other blessings, the things of this world, which have no worth near Allah. We have them, we think we're lucky. Allah is giving the Qur'an to us, and we think we're unlucky. وَتَجْعَلُونَ رِزْقَكُمْ أَنَّكُمْ تُكَذِّبُونَ How is it that you show gratitude for all the blessings that Allah has given you? You deny Him, you reject Him. If He gives you good food to eat, you eat it so happily, so quickly. A part of the Qur'an to read. Then what happens? What is the state of your heart? Let's listen to the recitation of these verses. أَفَرَأَيْتُمُ الْمَاءَ الَّذِي تَشْرَبُونَ أَأَنْتُمْ أَنْزَلْتُمُوهُ مِنَ الْمُزْنِ أَمْ نَحْنُ الْمُنْزِلُونَ لَوْ نَشَاءُ جَعَلْنَاهُ أُجَاجًا فَلَوْلَا تَشْكُرُونَ أَفَرَأَيْتُمُ النَّارَ الَّتِي تُورُونَ أَأَنْتُمْ أَنْشَأْتُمْ شَجَرَتَهَا أَمْ نَحْنُ الْمُنْشِئُونَ نَحْنُ جَعَلْنَاهَا تَذْكِرَةً وَمَتَاعًا فسبح باسم ربك العظيم فلا أقسم بمواقع النجوم وإن 